You're listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly, where women over 40 discover how to find meaning and purpose, and how to feel at home in their own skin, love who they are, and design a life that makes them happy. I'm your host, Janelle Anderson, CEO and founder of Emerging Life Coaching. So today I have the honor and pleasure of having a guest on the show today, and I am going to introduce her to you all in just a few minutes. And I'm excited about this topic today because I think that it will speak to the heart of just about everyone listening today to this podcast. Because as women, we all experience this thing called rejection somewhere in our lives. And so often that can hold us back from really being ourselves, from really embracing who we are and being free to walk into whatever calling is in our life, whatever is calling us as far as purpose and passion. And sometimes we just feel like we can't because we somewhere experienced rejection to the very heart of who we are as a person and as a woman. And my guest experienced that herself. And so I'm excited to bring Bola on. And she's a wife and a mother of two daughters. She is of Nigerian descent, but she was born in the UK. And her husband and and she have a ministry, which I want to find out more about, called Shazolar, I think. Yeah. And- <laughs> the aim of that ministry is to assist individuals in their journey of prosperity of body, soul, and spirit. Love that. And she also uses a lot of creativity in her ministry and her coaching. She's a coach as well. She's done physical therapy and fitness. So we're excited, so excited to have you on the call with us today, Bola. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Janelle. I'm now, pleased you- to be here. Good. Can you go ahead and tell us your last name? I didn't want to. I didn't want to it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's actually pronounced Chasson Me, Chasson Me. Chasson. E- even though it's written Chasson Me, mm-hmm. the Nigerian um, accent on it, it's Chasson Me. Chasson Me. Ah, okay. I'm glad I had you say it first. <laughs> um, so I am so excited to have you here and excited about where our conversation might go today. And I would love for you to just share with the audience just a little bit more about who you are and what kind of things energize you and light you up and excite you. And, you know, what, yeah. what is BOLA all about? Oh, wow. <laughs> How long do we have? A couple of hours? <laughs> um, so I am a, a wife and a mom of two girls. Um, my parents are Nigerian. Um, But I was born in London and brought up most of my life in London. Um, I studied physical therapy um, and after doing that for some years, decided that uh, my heart was to do something more creative. So I did a Bible course whose emphasis was the creative and I um, specialized in singing and that was great. And then I became pregnant with my daughter and stayed home and developed my creativity. So I started writing mainly poetry um, and songs. That was wonderful. Uh, And then I came over to this country about eight years ago. And my focus has been 
using the creative to minister uh, my faith, which is Christianity. But I have also, during this time, certified as a fitness trainer and as a life coach as well. Uh, so it's basically a, a situation where I have physical fitness training and physical therapy training, creativity training, and spiritual instruction as well. And what that's done is it's helped me to develop my passion, which is seeing people prosper spiritually, physically, and mentally, emotionally, um, psychologically as well. Wow, that is so amazing. that's me. Yeah. <laughs> you have many gifts in many different areas, but I love how you, you're looking at the whole person, right? Body, yeah. soul, and spirit, and you have so much to bring to all of that. So that's beautiful. Yeah. I love listening to you talk too with the, <laughs> the accent, daughter. My grandmother was British and she was uh, born in Liverpool. Mm. And married my grandfather. I think it was during World War One. I, I guess it would have been where he was over there, stationed over there, and they met and married. And of course, she came over to the United States and lived here from the time she was probably in her twenties, her whole life. Mm. But mm. she never lost that accent. She was just this short little four foot nine <laughs> with her little British accent. And oh, I know. I can't. I can't lose mine. I've tried. I've tried to put on an American accent. And it's terrible. <laughs> People just laugh. <laughs> so I've had to accept, which is part of the conversation. I have had to accept that yeah. I have an English accent. Yeah. Well, I love it. Don't lose it. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's who you are. And I love it. I love to hear different accents anyway. Mm. So you have so many different gifts and so many different things that you're bringing in and in into your ministry. Tell us a little bit more about the ministry. And did I say it right? Shazolar. Shazolar. You did. Um, Shazolar is a, a ministry that me and my husband have. Um, it's in the very early stages in terms of, not in terms of thought um, and initiation, but in terms of the delivery of what we do. Our big, big vision is one day to have premises where people can come and depending on where they're at and what they're going through, they can either be ministered to spiritually, say, you know, counseling, prayer, coaching, etc., or they can be ministered to solically. And when I think solically, I think of people developing who they are, what makes them them, um, aspects of their, their creativity or, or what enlightens them or what impassions them. So, you know, having writing workshops, dance workshops, visual arts workshops, things that really will bless them. Um, and then obviously the physical side, there's relaxation um, techniques, there's physical therapy um, advice, there's um, hands-on massage, you know, just coming into a premises where you might need the whole thing. You're just like, just give me everything, yeah. <laughs> which is wonderful. But sometimes it really is. They just need time aside to do writing or be still or have a massage or have an exercise class or have somebody pray for them, you know. So that is the big vision, a premises. Okay, that is the, beautiful. I mean, I would I, love to have a place like that right now. To go I, get away and write because I'm writing a book and get a massage along with it. That would be amazing. Absolutely. I would love to go there. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> all, 
that's why I want it to happen. Um, but in the meantime, what's happened is if somebody, if we know somebody that has a need and that we can meet it, whether it is physical advice, whether it is um, counseling, whether it is coaching, I've run services, creative services, where you, you speak about a particular subject to help people and you, in, you know, infuse it with as much creativity as possible. Um, so we've done that. I've had people come to the house where we just sit and do art together. Nice. You know, whilst we're doing art, we can talk. So it has begun, but our big vision really would be to have a place that people can come to and receive whatever ministry they need to have in whichever aspect of their being they need to, it to happen. Beautiful. And I just, I hear the passion for it in your voice yeah. and yeah. your face is just lighting up. I know people can <laughs> see your face, but um, I'm sure they can hear that. Um, and I know it will happen. It will be a place where, I mean, to me, it sounds like you could go have a little retreat anytime you want if it was yeah. nearby. So, mm. so fun. I love doing creative things with people. I think it just brings out just that, that right brain stuff. Like you can relax and start relating. Yeah. Sharing yeah. an open hearted place. Yeah. Yeah. De-stress. Yes. We, a uh, couple, couple years ago, I have a picture of it, uh, Christmas time, my daughter and my sister and her daughter were and me were sitting around the table coloring in, in a coloring book, you know, those adult coloring books that are very intricate. And it was just yeah. a precious time to connect. I think when you're doing something artistic like that and creative, it opens up that space to connect better than absolutely. if we're over here in our logical mind. Absolutely, so, absolutely. Beautiful. Wonderful. Yeah. With that dream, you know, and that passion that we're obviously hearing and seeing from you, I'd love to go back to where you started from, because I know you've had to overcome a lot of things from your childhood and battled through some things to get to where you are today and even to be able to open yourself up to having such a dream and believing in yourself to go mm -hmm. for it. So mm -hmm. I'd like to just talk about that a little bit. What are some of the major obstacles and battles and things you've had to fight through in your mm. life rejection is one of the biggest things um, and the reason it has been so is i have not been what others have wanted me to be mm. from the start <laughs> so i am the last of three girls and i come from obviously an african household and obviously in certain cultures being a boy uh, is is definitely seen as more impressive than being a girl. So in our family, my two older sisters were fine, and then I was the last one. And obviously, um, they were hoping that I would be a boy, and it was a, it was a little girl. Oh no! So from the very beginning, there was this element of I am not who I'm meant to be. I'm not. I don't fit. I'm meant to be the boy of the family, and I'm not. And in, to a certain extent, we were brought up in a very masculine way. And obviously, culturally, the definition of what masculinity is would take us, you know, we'd have to do, sit and chat for ages. But basically, <laughs> from very early on, I knew I wasn't who I was meant to be, which, which is, you know, looking back, it is quite sad because as a child, what you want is true love and true acceptance um, and it wasn't that they were horrible to me or anything but you just kind of knew that you didn't 
you didn't tick the boxes that that were there um and also feel being that, right? you can yeah. feel that probably yeah. yeah 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 and and also being um the last child as well again in different cultures it's different but in in african culture the the man rules yeah the wife is under the man but she rules too and she rules the children and depending on your pecking order <laughs> you rule so being the last girl <laughs> in an african family meant that what i wanted what i thought um my opinions didn't really count for much wow um so i i grew up a very quiet child <laughs> i grew up a child that wanted to please all the time i grew up a very non-confrontational child because i understood there was no i was winning any arguments in my family because i was the youngest by six years as well so it's it was a big gap so from very early on i kind of realized that i had to conform i had to conform and i had to do what i was told when i was told how i was told what did that do to you and you may have lots of memories but what did that do to your heart as a person you know you have thoughts and ideas and opinions but then you know you can't share them and you've got to conform and just do what other people tell you to do I and mean, what what effect did that have on you as a person like your heart i think when you're a child you don't really analyze situations much you just kind of live and get on with it you know but i think i was just withdrew into myself i was I was sad to a certain extent, but you know, as a child, again, your sadness, you find things to preoccupy you, you don't dwell on it, but right. I just withdrew. I withdrew, I was very quiet, you know, I'm not sure they knew what was going through my mind half the time, you know, who I really was, what what my strengths really were. Um, I think as children too, we don't have, like you're saying, we don't have the capacity to understand what we're feeling or how we're interpreting mm. what's happening, but we create internal messages from what's happening that we mm. don't understand. But then later, as you're looking back now, or maybe as you've worked through some of this, mm. you know, what kinds of insights came to you? If you shut down and kind of withdrew, what were the messages that you were, uh, that you're aware of now that maybe you internalized? about who uh, you are you know what i mean yeah i suppose you know the bottom line will be you don't matter mm. you don't matter yeah, yeah. what you're experiencing what you're thinking doesn't really matter to you or to or to anybody else um and the funny thing is i look back and i'm not sure whether this is so but i've always been quiet spoken always been quiet. My voice is quite quiet. I'm aware of that. I have to sometimes make an extra effort to be heard. And I actually can think, you know, I think back to that. And I think that I feel is one of the things I, you know, people didn't really want to hear what I had to say. So when I said it, I said it in most probably quite a timid way. Um, you know, can I speak? Can I, can it be my turn now? You know, and then you say your little piece and then you keep quiet again. And, and I've often wondered whether my soft spoken is actually the root of that was from my experiences actually you know well that very well could be and i tell this story i've told it on my podcast before i was raised in a big family i was one of the older ones but i always felt that that and i i've always had a soft voice and i've had to exert myself and, and try to be more 
energetic and, you know, interesting. I used to always believe that I was very boring and nobody wanted to hear anything I had to say. We have a joke in my family because I used to sit and talk to the wall because the wall would listen to me. Mm. Sort of the similar kind of story that I began to believe about who I am. Uh, who is Janelle? Who who do I believe I am? And I think that's so common for all of us. There are internal stories that we've believed, mm. whether the people that we got that story from meant it that way or not. We mm. believe them because as children, you know, mm. we can't quite figure out what's happening. And then it it speaks to who you are you know, mm, your identity. Mm, it sounds mm. like you just saw yourself as not, like you said, not important or you don't matter. Your mm. opinion doesn't matter. Mm. So now fast forward as an adult growing up, and I know you also, you know, grew up in, in the UK, right? And mm. as, you know, with this Nigerian background, how did that affect you? Or how was that, you know, another um, obstacle? Yeah. I'm, I'm smiling now, but it wasn't very funny when I was growing up. But I used to have this nickname in my school called I, w- I used to be called Bola Coca Cola because oh. of the color of my skin. <laughs> you know, Bola Coca Cola, and you know, it's funny because it seems like harmless teasing, but you you do you internalize these things. So yes. you're growing up as a black family, mainly surrounded by um, white people, and and you're not fully accepted you know you're not part of society you you've just come over you know even though you were born and brought up there and your your accent is as english as everybody else says um you are different you're bola coca-cola you know and again you just as a child you just accept that's that's you know that's how people see me i am different and they they call me in a way that makes me different you know yeah, so that had to have been mm. tough too. Yeah. Mm. How did you overcome um, and get to the place where, and maybe you're still evolving into this place of just embracing the fullness of who you are and the uniqueness of who you are as something good, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to discover who I was, first of all. You know, you can only embrace what you know. Yes. Um, and for me, knowing who I am came through my faith came through my becoming a Christian and I became a Christian in my um, late teens when I was about 17 and I had I lived in Nigeria for a period of years as well and definitely um, suffered rejection there as well because as dark as I am this this woman she speaks white you know (laughs) know, so in London I was uh, you know, I spoke white but looked black in Nigeria. I am black but I speak white. It's like just yes. not being able to fit in. You know, I, I naturally break stereotypes and I'm used yeah. to it now. Um, so I, sorry, I've just lost my train of thought there. I was thinking of something else. What was the question that you asked again? Oh, I was just wondering how you overcame all. Oh, I overcame. All oh, right. Yeah, where you're now yeah. embracing who you are. Yeah, I think it was basically my faith and realizing that I have been made unique. Yes, you are different, but you are loved. 
in your uniqueness and actually to be the same as everybody else can be quite boring actually and God yes. didn't make yeah right. it would be boring yeah um and he actually had I had a conversation with the Lord as I do and he spoke to me I went on a walk and um Hmm. I was in this big park in London and there were obviously all these green trees with lots of green foliage, but every now and again, there'll be a red tree that just stood out. Wow. And I, I naturally loved the red trees. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say, you are a red tree. You wow. don't fit in. You're a red tree. But, and I was able to connect with you are different, but you are beautiful in your difference. This is, this is what gives life you know, variety, the spice of life is in the differences. So it's like if you can find your uniqueness, that's you adding spiciness yes, exactly. <laughs> to God's creativity. And um, so I began to accept that I was different. I didn't fit in with everybody else, but I was loved. Um, and the one who loves me appreciated my uniqueness. And that made me appreciate my uniqueness as well. That's really beautiful. It's such a great, uh, I love the bread tree metaphor, uh, but it's such a great message for all of us to remember because we are all unique. Absolutely. And like you said, yes. if we were all the same, it'd be such a boring world. Absolutely. <laughs> but we feel that pressure to fit in. And when we, when we see our uniqueness or it stands out, then we, we feel like something's wrong with us or we're mm. less than or... You know, there's all that pressure to conform and be like everybody else when really the mm. beauty and the power is in mm. a, the red tree. Mm. It right? really is. It yes. really, really is. Yes. It really is. You just, the truth is, if you embrace being a red tree, you end up attracting other red trees to yourself. Yes, you do. Yeah. So you in your uniqueness if you embrace it you won't be alone because i think one of the greatest fears is being lonely you know the rejection Maybe. side of it the reason why it is so painful is oh my gosh i'm ostracized nobody wants to talk to me nobody wants to relate to me you know i have to be something different so i won't be rejected because we are community beings yes we are and we want to be accepted yes absolutely but if you're brave enough to take that step and be you you will be amazed that all of a sudden you start finding and, and connecting with people that are brave enough to be themselves as well, you know? And it's actually, it's funny, you'll meet people that are not being themselves, but you know they respect you highly because you are being yourself and they want to take the same step as you. So you experience freedom and in your freedom, you allow other people to experience freedom. Oh, I love that. Wow, that's incredibly powerful. When we are free, we give everybody else permission to walk into their freedom. Absolutely. When we are not free, we're just Yeah. You know, not we're not able to help anybody else really. Yeah. Um, no, I'm So I, I just wanted to say I've had people say to me, I just feel as if I can be myself with you. And that has blessed me so much. Hmm. Really, you know, it's like you you are just being yourself and, and it, it's releasing me to be myself. So I end up having, you know, wonderful, real, very real conversations with people where they just know that there is an element of I'm accepted by this person, you know, yeah. and that came from me knowing how painful rejection is. 
I know how painful it is. And I wouldn't want anybody else to suffer that. So I don't reject, you know, you are you and I am me and let's let's live together. We are <laughs> side we by side. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about what you do as a coach, because I know you are a coach and you were trained at the same place I was. Yes, okay. yes. Um, um, in fact, I didn't tell everybody this at the beginning, but that's how both <laughs> I met. I was her success coach. Yes. She so, helps me succeed. Yes. <laughs> so tell us about that. What, who do you coach and you know, what, what's your work like with your clients? Okay. The beauty of the journey of being a coach is it encourages more self-discovery. So in terms of who I coach, I think initially I was like, I'll coach anybody, just anybody, come. <laughs> but after a while, you begin to find what you are really comfortable with, what really um, blesses you, where you feel as if you're called. And for me, I feel that I'm called to Christians and especially women, uh, being a woman myself, um, and also to young adults. Uh, and that's mainly because I have a 21-year-old daughter. So I found myself, or I find myself a lot of times, surrounded by young adults. And, and they talk to me. They open up. And, and so I've been able to coach young adults and Christian women. You know, but, um, yeah, those that, that understand that the biggest coach of all is God. Yes. Yes, <laughs> and, uh, and if you can connect to that coach then he can see you through all the different challenges, all the, you know, life is such a big <laughs> gamut of experiences and challenges. Um, and actually, if they can just connect with the coach, you know, right. there, is, there is hope. So powerful. What an awesome message. Well, I know that you have a poem that you want to share with us, and I'm so excited to hear it you know, coming from your creativity. And I wonder though, before you share that, um, how do you tap into, or maybe help your clients tap into their own creativity? And how have you found that doing that can help somebody to come to this place of embracing, you know, the red tree and just loving the unique things about themselves? How, how can you incorporate, or do you have any tips about incorporating maybe some creativity to help people? There there's so many different ways. It depends on um, what the leaning of the individual is. So being willing to be different, being willing to be out of the box, being willing to think out of the norm. Be outside the box and don't yeah. let anybody put you in a box. Be you, right? Absolutely. 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 If one of the women or many of the women hopefully you know who might be listening to this would really feel drawn to work with you um how can they get in touch with you and i'll put this information in the in the um show notes but just share you know how somebody could reach out to you um you can reach reach me um via my email address and my phone number uh we did have a website up called chesala and if you visit it you'll see under construction. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so unfortunately, my website isn't completed yet, but my email address and my phone number, 
you're very welcome to, to call and uh, talk to me. Okay, yeah. I will put, like I said, I'll post them in the show notes for you all. So let's hear this poem. And um, I, I can't wait to hear it. I know that you have a song too, but we aren't able to do the song this time. Yeah, but, yeah. but the poem is called I Am Who I Am. And, you know, if you want to share something about the poem first, that would be great. Too. It really does cover everything that we've said. It's a matter of this is who I am. This is, I cannot pretend to be anything different than I am. Um, and it's been long enough me pretending oh, to be wow. different. Oh, it, is, wow. it is time. It is time to oh. emerge and be yes. who I am. Yeah. It's not even my business even. Like, oh, this is like giving me chills. Yes. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Yes. It is time. It is time. Our our time on this planet is limited. So you cannot spend all your years not being you. Be you. Be you. Oh, beautiful. All right. So let's hear the poem. Okay. So it's called I Am Who I Am. No more excuses for the air I breathe. No more apologies for the space I occupy. No more deflecting the celebration of me. No longer needing to justify my life. I am who I am. No coincidence, mistake or anomaly. I am who I am. Don't need your permission to be me. It may not fit what you preconceive. Don't need your approving smile as it always wanes after a while. Don't need your conditional applause to chain me to the need to perform. Don't need you to define who I should be. That is God's gift only to me. For I am who I am. No coincidence, mistake or anomaly. I am who I am. Oh my gosh, that blows me away. That is super powerful. Are you going to publish any of your poems or do you have any published works or anything? Yeah, I have a book coming out. Um, hopefully it will be ready by, I'd, I'd say, early next year, most probably January, which is it's a combination of um, poetry and then affirmations, thanksgiving um, and prayers. Um, and it's, a, it's got a coaching tilt to it. So I have different sections that address different issues, but I have lots of poetry that I do intend to um, publish, but these kind of things come out when I do um, presentations and workshops because I love, I love groups. I love doing group work. So I have one based on things like image. So I have poetry about image. I have poetry about conformity and being (laughs) out of the box. And what I do is I interweave all the sort of different, poems and songs and uh, visuals because I I do some art as well Um, that you know I interweave it to to just reinforce what's being said because we learn differently don't we We you know some visually and music and drama and I I write little skits as well to emphasize um, what I'm trying to say I love doing and this is definitely a plug I love doing small groups i love doing workshops i love meeting groups of women saying okay let's let's address a certain issue and then just adding a whole load of creativity to to emphasize what's being taught 
Absolutely. That's powerful. And I know you'll be successful at it. Thank you. You will attract lots and lots of women to your workshops and to work with you. Um, And I think you definitely have such a great gift. I love that you have embraced your red tree and your uniqueness because it truly is a gift to the world. And so thank you you for, for being brave and bold and stepping up to that and being you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you for being a guest on my podcast today. This has been a wonderful conversation. Yeah, I have loved being on it. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. And so um, hopefully all of you who have been listening have taken away a ton of great value from this conversation and that you've been encouraged to shine your own light, embrace your red tree and be you because we want you to be you and we need you to be you to bring all of your beauty and all of your uniqueness and all of your gifts to the world and emerge as you. It is time, as Bola said. It's time. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about how to create the life you truly want, visit my website at emerginglifecoaching.com or shoot me an email at janelle at emerginglifecoaching.com. Until next time, emerge fearlessly and go out there and do what you really want.